Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. I want to speak to you tonight. We're on the I Dare You series. Who's feeling dead to do something crazy? Um, We spent our last day on holiday, we spent at the water park, uh, and uh, we we tend to save up our holiday um, money so that if we see if we've got enough left to do the water park, because water parks are notoriously expensive, um, but uh, lots of fun. And the whole point about them is that there's that edge of danger. Uh, and, uh, and that sort of feeling of how much can you push the boundaries of where it says you're not allowed to do this. It's like, can I do it anyway? And, and uh, so they, they, have one, um, uh, they have one slide that was uh, you shoot down a tube and then you end up in a, one of these like a washing machine thing and you sort of whiz around. And, and uh, I spent that one desperately trying to, I, got like a, I think I got like five circuits. Most people only managed two and a half at best. <laughs> but I was just pushing the boundaries, uh, which is if you want to know how to go fast down a slide, it's shoulder blades and heels. Nothing else must touch. And, uh, and uh, you strip the skin off your heels and shoulder blades, but you go like a rocket. And uh, I, I managed at least five circuits around it. It was absolutely insane and uh, ended up popping out the bottom upside down into a two and a half uh, meter de- deep pool. You just have no idea what's going on around you. But it's going, when, you know, to be dead to do something is a really just, it's, there's something about being dead which pushes you over the top. It's like, I want to do something radical. I want to do something that breaks me out of this kind of restricted world. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 25, the generous soul will be made rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. I want to dare you tonight to be generous. And generosity is a, you've heard me speak about it many times And the reason for that is generosity is defined as a definition of who we are as a church. It's one of our great cultural attitudes that we believe in being generous. And we believe in a generous spirit and generosity. I want to say to you tonight that if you don't have a spirit of generosity, your soul is diseased by the things of this world. All right? Now... I want to say to you, say, are you saying I'm diseased? (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) you know, it it is amazing what happens around the world um, in in our life, that how we're affected by things. I was actually looking up on the internet who are the, I want to know kind of the, the giving habits of the most generous people in the world. And not surprisingly, the most generous people in the world also happen to be the wealthiest people in the world. They're billionaires and they're listed as the most generous because they gave billions. But I thought to myself, I'm not sure that counts. What's what's the percentage? And one of the sort of number 10 wealthiest man in the world has given, I don't know, like two billion dollars it's recorded as. But it turned out to be three percent of his wealth. It's like, 
That's rubbish. That's complete rubbish. It's not generous at all. There's spare cash and uh, stuff left lying, lying on the bedside table, that is, isn't it? A couple of billion left over, just flooded out and landed on the bedside. He swept aside, oh, give that to the maid. And, uh, and that, was, that was it, 3%. 3% of his wealth. I actually, you know, some of them have given, one man had given 900% which basically meant his current wealth versus how much he had given. I think he discovered how to be wealthy. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, we've got to understand that generosity is a principle of the kingdom that causes us to live in the kingdom world. We pray that let your kingdom come. And we want God's kingdom to be significant in our life. We don't just want to be coming, getting up every day, doing life in a natural way, and then coming to church and singing songs, but somehow not seeing the evident power of God in our life. It is critical that God's power is revealed, is evident in our life on a daily basis. And for that evidence to be real, we have to undertake the actions that unlocks the very presence of God. His blessing, his life. You know, it says um, of the prophets, they, they needed a prophet to come and prophesy. And so the prophet says, bring me a musician. And so what, what was he doing? He was physically getting music to flow that the Spirit of God may begin to flow. Why? Well, because music softens the heart. It turns people's life towards the presence of God. We know that the heavens is full of music. We know that the angels themselves are basically living musical instruments. And we know that, that God... The heavens resound with the trumpets of praise. And so music on earth is a critical point of how we turn our heart toward God. It's why worship is so important. It's why the enemy is so keen that worship is restrained or it's taken away or it's corrupted. You know, um, one of the great stories of how rock and roll sort of entered into the world. It actually was birthed in the church, but the church rejected it because the enemy didn't want the church liberated in music. And so it just got into the world. And then the enemy took advantage of that and corrupted what was a God's sound. And we've got to understand that the sound, have you noticed how, how when you have um, X Factor and all those kind of things, you'll notice how a lot of the great singers, where do they come from? They come from the house of God. Because actually the musicianship you get in church every day on a Sunday far exceeds what you'd normally get in a pub with some band that's jamming away as hard as you can. Why? Well, because the house of God is where they're doing so liberating. There is a, there is a sound of worship that comes out of the church and it makes an impact upon the world. We've got to see, so we understand that, that what you physically, what, what do you do when you pray? You, you, you don't just, you don't just sort of get up and pray. Sometimes you're just walking around and you pray. But when you're really worshipping, you close your eyes, you lift your face and you lift your hands. Why do you do that? It's a physical demonstration of turning your heart toward God. And in that physical moment, there's an openness that touches your spirit. We know that, that what you physically do changes your inner heart and changes your spiritual mind. 
And so we've got to understand that generosity, being generous, also changes. It brings the supernatural power into our lives. Amen? It brings the very essence and the presence of God into our world. And, you know, I don't believe that there is, there is a man that doesn't want the benefits of at least a little wealth flowing through their life. And, and having that. But I, I want you to understand that God does not measure success by how much you have. You see, generosity is what enables God's hand of blessing to flow through your life. But in today's world, and Christians particularly, measure according to what they have, not according to what flows through. I, I want you to know that a, that a billionaire is an isn't any wealthier than a poverty-stricken man because they're still controlled by the fear of money. A poverty-stricken man is controlled by the fear of not having it and a billionaire is controlled by the fear of losing it. And in fact, what stops billionaires, keeps them awake at night, is is the fact that they want to make sure they've still got it in in the morning, that they're petrified of losing it. Actually, many of them in the stock market crash, many of them did lose their money because we are not here to amass wealth. We are here to let the river of God flow through our lives that we may be a blessing to others. It's not according to how much you've managed to hold on to. It's according to what flows through your heart that you may be generous to others. See, generosity is about flow. It's about the river flowing through your life. How great is it when you, when you uh, walk along and you see a little stream and you see that stream become a river? It's always one of the things I love doing when we go on holiday, go to beaches. We didn't do it on this occasion because Cyprus doesn't have any water, I don't think, other than <laughs> in the swimming pools and in the sea. And uh, it certainly doesn't rain. And, uh, but one of the things we used to do with the kids on, on holidays is we would find these little streams that run off the beach and you know how they go through the sand and we would always alter the water course and we would, um, not illegally of course, and we would alter the, the way it ran through the sand and we would try and build an alternative stream, let it flow. It's always really exciting to see with you how you can change the flow of water but I, I want you to understand that what generosity does is it changes the flow of it avoiding your life to flowing through your life. And when it flows through your life, it empowers you to pick up the supernatural and start operating in the miracle presence of God. Because here's the thing about generosity. There are people around you praying for miracles. They're praying for a miracle. If you have the power of generosity, you become the miracle maker in front of their eyes. I remember one of the things that when Cheryl and I wanted a holiday many years ago, we'd never been um, to a, a uh, tra- uh, travel agency. <laughs> Remember those? Um, and uh, we'd never been to a travel agency and bought a holiday. I, I wanted to do this. This is back in 2002. And we, we wanted to buy a holiday. And just, I just wanted to be able to go and go... We're just going to buy a holiday and go on holiday. And we'd never had the money to be able to do that. And, and so we were sort of praying about it. And, and it dropped in my spirit. In fact, while we were in church, one of the elderly ladies who's since passed away, um, she, she was just saying, she said, oh, I'm just really believing God. She just 
in her conversation with us. She said, I'm just really believing God that I can get up and see my family. They live in Wick and uh, I, I haven't got the money for the bus fare to go and spend time with them. But I'm really believing God that I can get. I'm, I'm believing God with you. In fact, I'm believing God with you so much. I'll buy your bus ticket. I mean, it's not like the most expensive thing in the world. <laughs> but, but I could afford to buy her a bus ticket. It's a spirit of generosity. Within, within about four weeks of me never being able to afford, from buying a bus ticket, I was walking in the travel agency buying a holiday. It's to do with flow. It's to do with the spirit of flow. It's how much begins to flow through your life. But here's the thing. It just simply took the ability to see someone's need and go, I can take care of that. That that moment there was for them a miracle. They've been praying, God, God. But for me, it was simply just transferring what was flowing through my life and just putting it over there. But you see, the moment you begin to transfer, change the financial flow out of here, the financial flows, the flows around your life change into you. They start coming into you because now they're going somewhere of purpose. You see, God doesn't like stagnant water. And if all you ever do is think about yourself, spend money on yourself, think about the things that you're afraid of, think about trying to resolve all the problems of yourself, that is called stagnant water. God can't bless a place where the waters are stagnant. He needs you to understand for for the spirit of great wealth and blessing to flow through your life, You've got to know that there has got to be a flow out. What flows into your life must flow out to something of purpose. And purpose must be for the benefit and the blessing of other people. They must catch the the blessing um, that flows into you must flow out of you. You know, as a child, I remember my father uh, was extremely, he worked incredibly hard but he was very poor. He wasn't able to work fast enough because of his arthritis to gain any wealth. On top of which, excuse me, on top of which, um, he, he wasn't a particularly good businessman either. But I remember my dad, he would always just walk up me. He would, you remember the, the old days, I don't know whether all fathers were the same, but my father always have a, he would always have a handkerchief in one pocket and a big pocket of, Spare change in the other. <laughs> and uh, we would have a handkerchief, because everyone used to have handkerchiefs to blow their nose. I don't know why we don't blow our noses anymore. <laughs> but everybody had a handkerchief to blow their nose. Why don't we blow our nose anymore? I don't feel the need to. Maybe it's a fashion thing. I'm not sure. Anyway, my father always had a pocket full of change. And at the end of the day, he would often just come up and he just put his hand. Now, he needed every penny he could get. But he just grab it. He says, here, Kevin, take this. He would just give me the change. What I didn't know was that my dad was teaching me a spirit of generosity. That he was broke, but he was teaching me generosity. If he's got it, he's able to give it. You know, if you've got it, you're able to give it. Many people account, they they would use this reason, uh, well, if I owe this and I owe that, I need to take care of those things first. Let me tell you what you need to take care of first. The things that God puts in your heart. The things that God puts in your heart. You let spirit of generosity flow. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. 
Let the kingdom take priority over everything else. And I've found this. Cheryl and I, we had bills to pay when we were getting married. And we had to, um, we had to save up. And, but God told us to give it all away before we got married. You see, that act doesn't make sense. Because there were people waiting from a wedding for, their, for us to pay the bills. But God wants to know whether you have a healthy soul or a sick soul. You see, if you live by, I can't do this. I can't afford to do this. I don't think I can do this. It's called fear. All of us are governed by fear at some point. We've all got that boundary of fear. And fear is the thing that we have to learn how to break. When you learn to break fear, you learn to step into a world doing things that you don't know whether you can do. When we was on holiday, Josephine had the courage to go down the big water slide. You know the ones, the vertical ones. And she had, and there, and there was like, and she's looking, and then all the guys are doing it, but she said, I'm not going on it. There's no girls doing it. I'm not doing it. And then a girl went down it, and we're going, see, there's a girl. You've got to do it now. <laughs> and the girl went down, and she's going, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. So, and it's kind of just like, it's, it's fear. Fear stops you. Fear says you can't. And fear makes sense. It makes sense. It's like, I'm afraid of heights. It makes sense. If you fall, you hurt. (laughs) Being afraid of heights is sensible. Being afraid of animals that might bite you is sensible. Being afraid of things is sensible. But it also is restrictive of where you can go, what you can do, and who you can be. Learning to break the spirit of fear is learning to just step beyond, one step beyond a boundary. We're not telling you to be stupid. We're telling you to have a step of faith. Let your faith be in a step that is beyond where you're living right now. It's just a step of faith. It's not a blind leap of stupidity. It's not a leap into the unknown. It's a step into the direction where God is leading you to be. It's just saying, I can do this. Let God do the rest. I can do this. I can let generosity. Because generosity is what makes your heart healthy. And here's the thing about health. Health is something that only comes by the exercise of doing it every day. There's a man at the moment who's running a marathon every day. When he finishes in October, he will have run 420 marathons. One marathon every day for 420 days. How did a man like that get that fit? How does he do it? And the world record was 270 something marathons. He decided to blow that so far out of the water that nobody else could even comprehend what he was doing. And they said, where did 420? He says, oh, it's just a number came into my head. <laughs> how, do you, how do you run 420 marathons? At one a day, every 400, <laughs> I mean, 
It doesn't really bear thinking about. Gabby um, was staying with us before she went home to Portugal and um, she went for a run. Uh, she was staying with us and decided she was run to Ellen Bridge. In her mind, Ellen Bridge was just down the road. It's seven miles down the road. She ran 14 miles <laughs> there and back. I said, Gabby, I said, you know, without even knowing, you've just done a half marathon. <laughs> and uh, she, But she was absolutely finished. And for the next three days, she was... <laughs> <laughs> but he, here's the thing, right? You only get fit by, by running 100 metres, by by running 500 metres, by, by running a mile, by, by running a mile and a half. Do you understand me? You, you have to start somewhere to get that healthy. We were on the beach, um, and uh, we were on the beach in, 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 in Cyprus, and there was these guys here who, um, I mean, to be honest with you, probably gorilla would be the right word. The kind of, their neck started at the top of the head. And it comes from they didn't have any ears because they just had muscles from about there that came out to here. And they they were these sort of Russian guys, and they were their arms have to they don't have any reach with their arms, can't do anything with their hands because they're stuck here somewhere, and they sort of walk around like mm, like that, and they sort of sit in the water. I think their wives have to come up and feed them. To be honest with you, they probably can't even go. And they're just enormous muscular men, but they, they never started out like that because their, their physical frame was probably you're pretty much the same as the rest of our physical frame. I mean, they weren't especially tall men, and I, I would imagine that even if they were naturally just a little bit more muscular, maybe the, they were just ordinary men. They just started one day with a, with a weight and, and just started one day just doing. See, generosity is just starting one day. The generous just starting one day and, and seeing how far you... Now, not everybody wants to get, pick up weights and, and end up looking like a gorilla, do they? Most of us don't want to look like that. It, it just seems so disabling. But, but generosity is something that you can say... <laughs> You can set a stand and go, well, I just want to be a a little bit more generous. I want a healthy soul, not a weak one. I want to be able to give something. And you see, generosity isn't just of your finances. It's of who you are. A generous man is a man who gives of his words. He gives kindly. A generous man who will just as quickly give you a compliment as he will give you five pounds if you need it. A generous person will just as quickly show love and affection, show generous, show, um, show encouragement, show a wealth of wisdom and give of life as they will anything else. Why? Because generosity is about what you give. It's about what flows out of you. Is not every great person who we remember around the world, the truly great people are the ones who, who gave something of themselves that they could have kept to themselves. Those are the great people. They gave beyond. They weren't just looking for what they could get for themselves. They gave the people who end up doing that are the ones that they're the ones that the tragic geniuses who could have been something but ended up dying of drugs or something like that. Isn't it? The people that could have been amazing, but, but somehow they got lost in their own world of self. Who's with me here? Well, great people are people who go and just give. Why are they great? 
Because they've got more flowing through. It's what flows through you. It's the size of the river that flows through you. You can be a trickle. But if you can open up that channel of giving a little bit, you can be a, there can be a flow. Just let a flow come through your life. A generous person will be made rich. Well, what is that rich? Does that mean you've got a lot of... Well, it just means you will, a generous person will be made healthy, that there is a greater flow of, of, of river, God's river of blessing through your life, that you're able to be more generous. That's, that's why you, God gives to you, so that he can tr- because he can trust you with the capacity of your giving. I, the Bible says in Isaiah 32... Verse 8, he says, but a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. You see, there is a, there's a whole principle of God's blessing that comes through the ability. A generous man devises generous things. We were um, at a restaurant um, just a couple of nights ago and um, the bill came and um, Cyprus is quite cheap by the way if you go to get a holiday go to Cyprus um, everything's um, yeah it's, it, it's all right and uh, family of seven and it, the, you know when you're on holiday you, you're eating out a lot more so you're spending a lot more money than you would um, you don't even want to think about it so you uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And uh, uh, <laughs> quickly come now and pay my credit card. And uh, so, <laughs> and, uh, so you're in, but we got the bill come through and it, and it came to 107 euros. So I thought, you know, for seven people evening out, it was all right. You know? So, um, see, what you do, what would you normally do? You put in 110 and just say, keep the change. So we'll go up with 110. And I give him the 110 and he's getting out the three euros to give me and apply. And I just felt this, just give him 120. So I took the 10 back and he's looking at me. I put in a 20 and the man's eyeballs nearly fell out his face. And, and, he just, and I let, as I walked away, he was still standing there with <laughs> See, this wasn't about him. This was about me holding on to 10 euros, which is what, like, it's probably about £9.99p now, isn't it? And, uh... I was looking at the euro rate all the time and all of I wanted to get more money, but I'm not getting it now. As soon as May became Prime Minister, it's, woohoo, let's go to the bank! (laughs) It's gone back up again. And uh, what, um, what happens is that, you see, what happens around your life is that there's always a, better keep a bit for this. Better keep a, back, a bit for that. Better keep it back for something. But I need you to understand that a generous person devises generous things so that you're not keeping back for yourself, but you're allowing the flow to keep flowing. What you keep back for yourself becomes a blockage to stop flow. All the time you're keeping back. Now, I'm not talking about unwise living. I'm not talking about not preparing 
for the future, not putting investment. Not put, I'm not talking about those things. I'm just talking about fear saying, oh, no, no, no. I won't, I won't be generous because, well, never know when I might need those 10 euros. Never know when I might need that 10 pounds. How many times do you waste the 10 pounds? I mean, how many times do you go to McDonald's? How many times would you, you buy something of no value and not even think about it? And you, but you can't give 10 pounds to somebody else? Isn't that extraordinary? 10 pounds. Well, I haven't got 10 pounds. You did. <laughs> Just didn't give it. Time to let generosity flow through your heart. Yeah. I want to dare you. Dare you to just push the boundaries of your fear a little. Dare you to find an opportunity. Because what God wants to do is he just wants to open up that stream a bit. When this church formed, it was 1997. 96 we started the church. In 1997 we started raising Jewish passports. Money to get Jews out of Russia. At the time, Russians, Russian Jews were being persecuted and they had no opportunity. The moment a, a Jew wanted to get out of Russia and go to Israel, they lost any right to work, any right to any national, um, any state benefits of any kind. They become a non-person the moment they applied. And then it could take them years to get out of Russia into Israel, at which point they've got to survive with nothing without a chance of ever getting anything. So in other words, as one Jew said to Pastor Ashley, a Jewish passport at the time was 60 pounds. That's all it was, 60 pounds. Without that 60 pounds, they couldn't go. They had more chance of getting to the moon than they did of getting 60 pounds. Just wasn't going to happen for them. Our church, at that time, raised, we bought... 100 Jewish passports. 6,000 pounds in a year. We're a tiny congregation. And it was simply by people going, I can give 10 pounds. I can give 20 pounds. 100 lives changed. Let me tell you something. The church changed. Overnight, we changed. Because the flow changed. It set the precedence for who we were. And since then, we've but had the privilege of, of buying and investing into so many other churches. Churches in this city helped them with their building programs. Churches across the UK, churches in France, helping them get their, buy their buildings. Giving into the lives of other people. That's been the key for the flow. I, I want you to know that we're not here to gather for ourselves. We're not here to make ourselves rich. We're here to make the river flow bigger and see where it might go. That's what we're here for. We're here to gather to ourselves. We're here to bless as many people as we can along the way. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.